Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 297. And finally, finally, welcome back to my front porch here in Phoenix, Arizona. My goodness, I'm telling you what. Now, I know I've been saying this for the last few episodes, but like, I'm not even kidding. Every single time I go out <laughs> to record a podcast, it's like the it's thundering or raining or it's going to rain or, you know, it's just the monsoon season. So thank you for those of you who have been patient. I want to keep it true to it being a front porch. Patty keeps going like, look, just go record it in your office. It's no big deal. Or find a room in the house. I'm like, no, it's front porch confessional. You know, it needs to be on the front porch. This is the space. Um, and it's interesting. You know, the other weird thing for me in particular uh, for this time of year in Phoenix, this was different in California. But when here in Phoenix is like in the morning, it's not fun to be outside. So actually, I'm not actually on my front porch in the mornings. I'm actually, I have this chair and I turn it to my front window because I'm like, I gotta stand air conditioning. I mean, it, the last few days it's been like 75% humidity. That is no fun. Like for those of you who live in like Florida or you live in Texas, like Houston or something like that, like, wow, that's impressive. I mean, that is impressive to be like, this is where we're going to live. That humidity isn't, if I had that kind of humidity, I just would not be a very friendly, friendly person. Now, it's hot here in Phoenix, don't get me wrong, but the humidity just makes people cranky. Like, it it, it kind of makes me cranky. Uh, Cooper and I went uh, golfing today. Uh, it was one of the things, you know, he's heading to to Joshua Institute, really, really cool. Uh, he heads there in a couple weeks, and so one of the things that he really wanted to do with me before he left was to go golfing. I'm like, let's do it. I'm a cheapskate, so I booked a 2 p.m. tee time because uh, I got a really good rate. Uh, that's about the worst time you can play golf in, in Phoenix, about 2 p.m. is when it's at its peak, and that's why I got the deal I got. But <laughs> So we went and played golf today, and I was like, we were sweating so bad. It was so hot. It was so humid because it's been raining a ton. Uh, but we had a good time. We had a good time being outside. But anyway, I just, you know, I appreciate all of you who continue to tune in. Uh, even, you know, even when it's not as consistent as it used to be um, because of where we are with the weather. Um, but it is. We are moving into a season where uh, it's going to be more consistent. And I'll be able to be out here uh, a lot more throughout the week. And uh, thank you for those of you who continue to give donations. We had somebody come in this week, and you know who you are. I just want to say thank you so much. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for helping out. It really does help. It really does make a difference. So thank you uh, for, for doing that. And for those of you who do that, again, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Front Porch Confessional. Uh, and you can uh, you can become a Patreon, a little donor there. So that's really helpful for me. So thank you. You know who you are. Thank you so much uh, for being a part of that this week. Okay. Uh, getting out of 2 Corinthians, moving into 1 John. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. I cannot believe. I know I say this often, but I cannot believe I'm not done this passage. Like as a kid, I used to sing this song, uh, sing this passage as a song. Coming to find out, there's actually a lot of songs I sang that were just scripture, but uh, this passage is so beautiful. First John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for 
love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. I'll read it again, First John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Uh, Patty and I were married probably, I don't know, maybe four months, five months, newlyweds, the whole thing. And, you know, I would tell her all the time I loved her. Like, Patty, I love you. I love you. And she would go, okay, yeah. And I'd be like, okay, that's not quite how I imagined, you know, the newlywed scene to go down, but that's okay. You know, so I hang up the phone, you know, I love you. And she go, okay, we'll see you tonight or, you know, or whatever. And it was starting to wear on me because I'm like, this is like, you know, this is a, they call it the honeymoon season. Like, this is the lovey-dovey season. You know, what's this going to look like down the road if we can't get the I, our, get our I love you games on track here? So... One night, uh, I uh, was like just laying next to her, and I thought, I'm going to do a good one, like a really good one. And I was like, babe, you know, I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. I mean, so that God brought you to me. You know, I was just, I was laying it on thick. And I said, I love you. And she said, all right, good night. And I was like, what's your deal? Honestly, what is your deal? I don't understand what's going on. I tell you I love you all the time. I tell you that I care about you and I never you're not giving it back. So what's going on? What's happening? And she said, "You know what, Jeff? I do love you. But your I love you, it's for you. It's not for me." And I wanted to fight her on it, but I realized she's right. Her my I love you um is for me. I'm trying to get her to give it back to me or you know just I I just kind of watered it down and she was saying listen I love you or love is so important it is sacrificial and if you're just going to use it to get something in return or fill this void in your life or this hole in your heart you know then then I'm not going to participate in that and it was a real beautiful lesson for me to learn early on that love matters the power of love matters. And in our culture, we have just watered this unbelievably powerful emotion. We've watered it down. We love everything. I would love a cheeseburger, right? Oh, I just love that restaurant. Oh, I love boba, you know, or whatever. We're just loving. And then we go to our wives and go, I love you. And it's kind of like, eh, it just doesn't feel right. And what John is trying to do, again, John, my favorite gospel writer is John, and John is continuing in these letters, and he's pastoring people. He's continuing to help us kind of see who God is and see who God is through the person of Jesus. And he's like, just look at Jesus. Look at how God loved. Look at what he did. He laid down his life. That's what love does. Love's sacrificial. Love puts others first. And he's trying to awaken this church to be a church that sacrificially loves one another. But like so many churches, so many communities, this problem that existed 2,000 years ago still exists. It's like, wait a second. We've got this whole thing wrong. So John 
Pastor John is trying to reframe all this for us, help our get our get our head screwed on straight and go, okay, then give me a direction. Like guide me where I need a compass to direct me on where to go as it relates with love. And John's like, perfect. I got this for you. And I love that he uses this word beloved. Listen, I just want you to know as I go into a conversation with you about love, that I love you. You are my beloved. You're my beloved people, my beloved people who I'm shepherding. You're my beloved people who I'm I, I'm leading and guiding to the best of my ability. That's what John is saying. So he starts off by modeling the very thing that he's trying to help them understand. He goes like, look at this. We got to love one another. Right? We got to love one another. We can't just say it, right? Because talk is cheap, Right? Everybody says stuff, but do we really mean it? We got to back that up with action. But also we have to understand, okay, then if I tell you to love somebody, then I've got to come to understand where does love derive from? Where does it come from? Well, John's like, let me tell you, love is from God. Love is from God. Love exists because God exists. We have a triune God, Father, Son, Spirit, that out of their deep affection for one another, love is birthed selflessly into this world. Look at look look how beautiful that is. John's taking them John does such a great job of taking us all the way back, you know. In John in his gospel, uh, he goes in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He's always trying to get us to go back. He's always trying to go no no no, look at who God is. And what he's trying to tell us here, trying to tell this community that he's pastoring, God is love. I'm not just telling you to love because it's a good thing or it's a human thing or it's like, you know, people love to be loved. I'm not telling you that. What I'm telling you is you got to love because God is love. It's who he is. It's where it derives from, where it was created. It's his essence. It's what he does and it's not just what he does, it's who he is and so then he says like this and whoever loves has been born of god and knows god listen here's a beautiful thing i love this oh come on you want to know who loves god watch the way they love other people if you want to evaluate one yourself you got to start there or if you want to have lenses for other people lots of people say they love god lots of people say that But then you will watch them and the way they live their lives. And John's going like, you will know them by by the way they love. You will know if they know God through the way they love one another, which I would love to bring up a very, I mean, if I got a soapbox in this season, this is one of them. What are you posting online? What are conversations are you having about people? How do you treat your baristas? How do you treat your school teachers? Do you treat them like they owe you something? Or do you love them through the way you live, by the way you treat them? Because this is what it is to know God. And what it is to know God is to love 
others. How are you in community with one another? Are you the kind of person that is in a community with people and then you talk behind, that's, talk behind their back that's not loving? Are you sure you know God? Are you sure you know the love of God? That's who he is. Are you sure? You're going to go talk around people, behind people's backs, and you start seeing gospel, and you're like, wait a second, I don't, do they really know? Because if they know God, they, would, they wouldn't do that, right? If you know God, I mean, let's get real personal. If you know God, you won't do that. The way you treat people matters. The way you love people matters because it displays what you know about God. And what John is saying is God is love. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. And so he's asking this question, what are you doing? How are you displaying this? Because you will know the people of God through the way they love like God. And that's why in verse 8, he transitions to saying, anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God's love. It's who he love. It's who he is. It's it's intrinsic. It didn't just birth it. It's who he, it's his nature. And out of his nature, we now have love. Out of this triune love that they share amongst one another, we now have love as an ethic in this world. And so if you don't love, you don't know God. Because God is love. It's who he is and John's going to bring us right back to Jesus. Go look at Jesus. The pioneer, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Like, But look to Jesus. What does love look like? Love lays down its life. Even when they're scoffing. Even when they're potent, potent, or pointing their fingers in our chests. No, no, no. It loves. What does it do when we're being falsely accused? Stand silent. Love knows who it is who they are. Like Jesus doesn't have to defend himself, right? Because he knows that he is love and he's going to live and he's going to die on a cross for those who curse him so that they can be resurrected alongside of him and live in eternity. That's what love does. Do we live that way? Love Right? Look at Jesus and the, the woman caught in adultery John talks about. Look at, look at this. Does love go? No. She deserves death. No, no, no. What does love do? Love, love says sin no more and releases her into his grace and mercy. That's what love does. Are you a loving person? Are you a loving person? Because love is not just who God is. It's the language of God. Are you a loving person? So the question I have is this. Do you speak God's language of love in this world? Really, I I, I can't encourage you enough to really reflect, even today, as you hear this, reflect, really start getting honest with where you're at. Do you know God? And because if you know God, your love for yourself your love for your family, your love for your friends, your love for others, it will be displayed. It will be put on display. Father God, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you know us. Thank you that you care about us. Thank you that you are love. And we desperately want to know more of you so we can love better. 
We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise tonight. So, take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Till next.